and welcome to Movie Wala podcast. Today we are joined by Sam, our Twitter friend. So first of all, a huge welcome. Thank you for joining us, Sam. I'm so glad to be here, guys. Today we are talking about Namak Halal. It came out in 1982. The Prime Minister of India was still Indira Gandhi. The director was Prakash Mehra. Producer is Satyan Pal. Writers, dialogue writers is Kader Khan. Music is by Bappi Lehri. Actors are Amitabh Bachchan, Shashi Kapoor, Smita Patel, Parveen Babi, and Fahida Rehma. Okay, and the story is about Arjun Singh, played by Amitabh Bachchan, who is who grows up in a little village and then he moves to the city to find a job and make a life for himself. And he meets this guy Shashi Kapoor, uh, whose name is Raja. Yeah, he meets Raja, who also has a hotel, and Amitabh works there. And then it's it's pretty much about his loyalty towards Raja. And then there's a little bit of a twist to it as well about their relationship. So, yeah, yeah, like Namakhala literally means loyalty. That's that yeah, thing. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and they reinforce that Namak 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 throughout the film as well. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. And I was just going to say that ever since we've done Namak Haram, Tanvi has been kind of mixing up Namak Haram with Halal. Namak Haram. Not surprised. So Tanvi, it's, yeah. <laughs> so it's your movie now. <laughs> I know. And I'm so glad we're like eventually now going to be done with both of them because then I don't have to get confused. And they mean, mean, they mean the opposite. Namak Haram means someone who's disloyal. And then Namak Halal. <laughs> is the complete opposite yeah the two extremes of one another you know you weren't the only person mixing it up because i was kept getting them mixed up as well in fact you know how we were communicating prior to the filming and going okay this is the movie we're doing i had to recheck my messages to make sure it was which one it was halal or haram <laughs> yeah good call because i do i can't recall because mostly i'm like also giving people like whenever we are having guests over i'm telling them the year as well when the movie came came out so just in case there is another movie out there you know because we used to we are so used to having the same name decades later again we don't want such a snap and, and now that the, the trend is to have remakes of films as well as songs but that's that's a whole different topic isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it annoys me so much when i'm googling uh, the movie because if there are other new movies that comes up first and i'm like oh my gosh i'm not looking for that <laughs> Oh god yeah I recently sorry a bit of a divergence I recently um you know that Amitabh Bachchan song Sara Zamana um yeah. that's from a different movie and that's uh, I forget which movie it was from Yarana Neetu Singh yeah. and um I was just googling it and I'd forgotten that there was a remake of that song from Kabil as well the recent movie with um Hrithik Roshan and Yami Gautam and I was like goodness and then I watched the new uh, Sara Zamana and it was so god awful I was like oh my god You guys need to stop doing this. Just stop. <laughs> so I've realized like I'm okay with people doing remakes of the songs that you know that were good but they never got the limelight when they came out, you know? Uh and a good example for that is like uh the Simba one. Oh yes, the, um Akhmare. Akhmare, yeah. That was a good song when it came out but it never got the popularity that it should have. So yeah, by all means give it all the love so that people can like appreciate it. Yeah, in fact I was actually chatting to my friend uh Shah Shahid. He's got his own podcast. You guys mm. know him, right? Yeah. Yes. I was actually chatting with to him about this and I was saying film like music directors are getting it wrong because they're remaking songs that people have a sentimental attachment to. 
And so that's why people get so worked up about some of these remixes, because they have memories associated with the original song. If you're remaking, like you said, a song that is not was not as popular back in the day, like fairly well known or maybe a little bit obscure, but not something that people really attach themselves to, then you're kind of giving it a fresh sound and repopular, uh, repopularizing it for the new generation. But songs that people have memories associated with or represent a certain time period in their life, they don't like that memory being sullied by a remix. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. And also for me, uh, because I'm so against it and I know I can do nothing about it, I just refuse to even click on it on YouTube. Oh my God. <laughs> because I'm like, you are not getting my... You know that one, yeah. The one. Trust the me, one. you don't wanna, you don't wanna watch the uh, Das Bahani remix because it's so bad. It's so bad. I just, I wasted. I don't know how long the song is uh, in entirety, but the video for it, the the clip that they released is maybe two minutes or something. I don't know. But I just, I watched it and I was like, I've just wasted two minutes of my entire <laughs> life. Why did I click on this? <laughs> Yeah, I think the worst part about all of this is that they're actually not doing any service. They're not making the song better. It's not like I leave uh, after the experience of listening their version that like, oh, they did a good job. It's not even like a reprised version or like a, you know, it's not like their take on it. It's just blatantly adding some hip hop and rap and love. And I'm like, so yeah. All right. Well, clearly... All our thoughts are very <laughs> opposing this. We are totally on board with our uh, like ban all kind of remixes. But like, let's let's get back to loyalty. <laughs> so, uh, so Sam said this is the first time she was watching it. How about you, Flo? Oh, no. So I have watched it before. I think recently also, like a couple of months ago, I think I rewatched it because I this is one of those movies that I really, really enjoy. It has, you know, even though it's a masala movie for me, I still love this movie. It was fun watching it again yesterday, last night. So. Yeah, it is such a, like a complete masala Hindi movie. And I think, mm, uh, yeah. you know, complete, you can tell this is Prakash Mehra world. Like, you know, people are falling and there has to be like a village bumpkin. There has to be a rich person. There has to be a tragic backstory as well that happened in childhood. (laughs) Exactly. And a self-sacrificing mother or sister, you know. It has everything. (laughs) It had everything. And, you know, my logical brain, it kind of, tries to uh, supersede my masala-loving brain and I have to like <laughs> tell it to sit down because my number one question was when, you know, uh, Vahida Rahman goes to his... Um, no, not... Uh, goes back to the village after her family died and goes to the father-in-law and the father-in-law straight up like, you killed my son. And I was like, how did he conclude that? Like, what was... <laughs> I know I watched that scene I was like how do you just re- just jump to these conclusions like is that your inner misogynist just making that conclusion no it's very much that <laughs> yeah <laughs> there was no supporting argument given towards that why is she guilty of this crime how do you how do you decide that so but then I was like okay fine you know this is it like they kind of have to just make the movie move along and why can't she see her son like it made no sense like why can't she even if she killed his son 
which he didn't, which he didn't do. Exactly. Um, and also, I find that a lot of um, mother roles, and I'm actually doing air quotes, you guys can't see me, mother roles in, from those movies were always amazingly selfless to the point where they would just, you know, take the insults with dignity and just walk off, sort of like Sita from the Ramayana, you know, like I would rather the earth swallow me up whole than be insulted this way. And and I, I don't, I mean, to me, it just felt like Vahida Rahman was just, do you feel like she was kind of wasted in the film? Oh, yeah. So much. She could have been anyone. Yeah, like anyone could have played that role. I don't see why Rahid... I mean, obviously, from a casting perspective, to have Wahida Rahman on the billboard is more attractive. But I just felt like they could have given her so much more to do because she is capable of so much more as well. And it just sucks because I think that is where when people are saying that the industry has come, you know, far from where it was back then and even though we don't recognize it because we want it to be so much more than it is but our country does not move in the pace that you know Mm. one believe we take one step forward and 10 back and then one forward and 10 back so in that in the tango that we've been doing with women rights the fact that we've reached to a point where uh, married women are acting Karina and Ashwarya are thriving and you know uh Anushka and Deepika were able to get married at the peak of their career and still have like a really A-list uh, status in the industry. That all was not possible. Like Vahida Rahman, uh, just a few years ago, played wife to Amitabh Bachchan in Kabhi Kabhi. And then cut to like six years later, she is his mother. And and like the, the terrible jobs they did with wigs back then, just give her a white wig and then it'll be fine. <laughs> That's always Tanvi's pet peeve, the hair. <laughs> yeah, my my pet peeve. It's like... And it looks so obviously fake as well. <laughs> I think the world back then, because they didn't know better, right? So I think even us, like I remember watching these movies and never feeling things are wrong or incorrect. Like, of course, you could tell like uh, Ra- Rajesh Roshan has a wig, like because that was really out there. Or you could tell... Or you could tell that Sanjeev Kumar is wearing a wig because you knew that, you know, in other movies, his hair doesn't look like that. But everyone else, I think it just didn't matter so much because, I, you know, our view was so limited. We didn't have options to, like, see what other countries are doing or magazines to see what kind of... Yeah, and I mean, I I grew up in India in the 90s, right? Even at that time in the 90s, the release of English films was so limited. I mean, you could hardly watch English films back then. And so that was why people were so conditioned to seeing what they saw in Hindi films as being the normal as well. Mm, yeah, that's true. And also coming back to Vahida Rahman, I think at that point of time, I'm pretty sure, I mean, she's a great actress, right? And she's done some amazing roles. So I'm pretty sure she would not have liked it, but then... At that point of time, I'm pretty sure she also felt that she had no other choice but to take these roles, you know, yeah. which is really sad because there was no other option but to take these roles. Yeah, which makes me so sad. But that's how it was, I guess. Yeah, yeah and that, that applies to all of us as well, right? Like now we know better. So when we ourselves look our actions from like early 20s, we're like, oh, my God, we would totally not do that today. But back then, that is all we knew. That's that was the norm. And, you know, we took 
decisions made choices by the world we were born in yeah yeah and and marriage marriage back then for an actress was really just the end of her career as well i still remember i still remember when shri devi got married i think it was in 1997 maybe and that was when judai came out i think that was her last film I remember when Sri Devi got married my mom was like oh yeah she's not going to act anymore like it was just an accepted fact that women just wouldn't act after they got married uh sorry actresses would stop acting after they got married and thankfully that is changing but it's still you know it's still a lot of work um there was a video actually from when Zina Taman was filming that song from Qurbani uh aap jaisa koi mere zindagi mein aaye um and there was a video of her that someone found on the internet and she was talking about how oh you know it's so hard for women in the industry but i feel like we're slowly making these changes etc you know women are getting more representation etc and that was in 1980 how much has actually changed since then i mean her statements then still apply now yeah absolutely yeah i know i know what you mean all right did you all right so like like we are talking about i know back uh, when we started our podcast uh, flow used to get confused between zina taman and parveen bawi <laughs> but this but thankfully this season has cleared that uh, confusion of her absolutely so so i want to like very sleekly make the headway into parveen bawi because i thought she was the like the glamour quotient of the movie i loved her like oh my goodness parveen bawi's face mashallah like absolutely like goodness i mean if i had known her then i would have just been like kala tik on you kala tik on you kala yeah. tik on you um and her face and her hair both like i would give anything for those gorgeous long locks oh god yeah absolutely so you know what my scenes on a, on the list of my favorite scenes that i want to talk about the first one that i've written is the first introduction scene of parveen bhabi that is it <laughs> do you remember she's at the beach uh, I, yes I, yeah I'm with her mom and then yeah it's just like a two mm. minute thing and i was like oh my gosh everything from head to toe whatever she was wearing and the whole look of hers was just gorgeous I oh god that. yeah like even even in the song um what's the song she does with the like gold ensemble that jawani jaane man jawani jaane man yeah that one <laughs> sorry it just slipped my mind for a second she like the makeup is terrible it's 80s makeup the hair the perm everything but she makes it work because she's parveen babi <laughs> and even with the dance moves are not the greatest but she she was so graceful as well she was just so graceful and then the the song later on um uh raat baaki god all these song names are just slipping out of my head uh raat baaki <laughs> she she's wearing that like black very shiny black a sequin dress yeah and i mean on other people it may not look good but she made it work because again she's parveen babi mm, and it's the whole song also was shot so beautifully right it's a terrace party and she's dancing yeah. and towards the end of the uh, song uh, she is dancing with shashi kapoor and both of them are so adorable together like they own oh my space, god right <laughs> 
Like if both of them were at a party in real life, I'm sure everybody would just stop dancing and just stare at them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to bring us back to Jawani Janeman because while I actually didn't like her makeup and hair at all, I thought, you know, whoever did it did a huge disservice to her. I was like, oh my God, what have they done to her? But, you know, uh, you were talking about the choreography and it was not the best of choreography. But I, I have... We've been noticing over and over again that how in that decade, you didn't have these 100 million backup dancers. You didn't have these jarring steps going like left, right, left, right. And she's just owning the screen. I was like, you know, how many people today can say that they can just own the screen? They are there and they're barely moving. They're just doing a slight shimmy here and there. And you're like, and I'm like, I'm going to watch you do whatever it is that you're doing (laughs) in that horrible outfit and horrible makeup but I'm gonna still watch you <laughs> hey guys but you know what I know it was the makeup was horrible but when, when I was watching that you know what I was thinking because I know I knew that we were going to record with Sam I was going to ask Sam if you can polish that look and do a makeup because that golden eyeshadow was beautiful I mean it wasn't done well but you know if you could just make it sophisticated and do it well I think it would yeah, be yeah Sam, I, maybe you should <laughs> technical perspective what they did was what they used to do in the 80s was take it all the way up to the eyebrow which does not look good if you just kept it below the eyebrow (laughs) then it would actually look amazing because you know when you when you like look down then your eyeshadow really pops yeah (laughs) so sam yeah maybe you should do that yeah maybe yeah like (laughs) gold glitter show us how to do this better like (laughs) (laughs) because i know it had potential but i'm pretty sure you'll do an amazing job like oh thank you All right, now I want to like move on and talk about Smita Patel. I thought she was looking, uh, I I was just going to throw an F-bomb and then Flo is going to have to edit that. So I'm not going to use it. (laughs) She was looking so freaking hot. Like her figure is like perfection. That sari is draping around her and I'm like, I'm straight. But dude, this is hot. Okay, the attention to detail that they've done with the sari draping. Because, you know, when you go to five-star hotels in India, the staff at five-star hotels, their saris are immaculately draped. Like they've got, um, I don't know if you guys have ever been to ITC Maratha in Bombay. Yeah, I went a few years ago. And um, the women there, my God, they wear this gorgeous, like, pink sari. A lot deeper, it's like a rani pink, or fuchsia, rani pink as they call it in India. Uh, They wear like a fuchsia sari. And it's that immaculate, almost like Air India flight attendant drape. You know, do you guys remember from the 90s, all the Air India flight attendants that used to wear the saris? And um, very, like, a very, like, prim and proper, like, bun as well and so it reminded me of all the women that work at ITC Maratha as well so I was like this is actually quite representative of what hotel staff workers actually dress up like yeah so when I was watching that that's exactly what I was thinking because I think because it's Smita Patel I, I kind of feel like she must have made sure that she's dressed like a person who works in a hotel industry yes like, yeah you know, uh, the costume designer was not okay with it by the way apparently the costume designer for this movie was uh, her sister Mania, Mania Patel. Really? Yeah, oh. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, coming back to Smita, oh, oh gosh. She, and even the hair that she had done, right, while she was working, um, it's, it was so pretty. And she is so smoking hot. She is. 
Oh my god. It's like I almost feel like Smita Patel and Z- and see I almost said Zina <laughs> Smita Patel and Parveen Babi were opposites as characters because Smita Patel was the you know the the sort of your average girl next door um middle class girl that's just you know d- working to make her way in the world with the with a brother who's blind and just trying to provide for them and and uh, Parveen Babi is this hot bombshell who's kind of um you know is a cabaret dancer apparently but actually doesn't do any cabaret <laughs> <laughs> Um so there, there was that kind of polar opposite styling as well because um Parveen is always dressed in these like western outfits whereas um Smitha's always in silver kameez sari you know more traditional indian outfits as well yeah but i know it's like naturally that's how hindi movies always depicted like uh, if someone's wearing a western outfit they are hotter and if someone's wearing yeah. indian outfit they are like uh, yeah. Erdi, but to me, honestly, and this is, I mean, we already praised per- Perveen Babi and like there is nothing like, you know, she literally, her glow is as bright as the sun and the moon together. But oh, if I have to really pick who I thought looked hotter, I'm going to go with Smita Patel for me personally. I thought she looked, even the, you know, her first scene where she's wearing this white sari at the hotel party. And that is, that, that's a sequence sari as well. And, you know, then her palu falls off while she's walking away. Goddess! She was looking goddess. And after that, uh, every other, like the rain song, I can't even tell you how hot she's looking in the room. The, the whole, you know, white sari getting wet in the rain. That's a trope. We've seen that so many times in Hindi films. But Smita just owned it, honestly. She made it her own. And it wasn't a rehash of other songs where the heroine gets wet in the rain in a white sari. She just kind of, you know, she, honestly, she made it her own. And she was just, she just looked like she was really with it. You know, and into it, yeah. She walked that thin line of being sensual without titillating. She was like somehow able to walk that line that, yeah, I'm owning my sexuality, but it's not on display for you. I don't know what else. Yeah, better way to say it, but yeah. I wish she'd had more to do though. Absolutely. And one of my my issues was like, you know, my my brother's blind. Like, and they keep saying like, Mira Andha bhai. who says that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just be thankful there's no apahij ma <laughs> thank god for small mercies yeah. <laughs> even if you, your brother has a disability that's not how you introduce him I'm like what <laughs> so, but again I had to like put my logic behind I was like it's okay it's a total masala film you cannot have these uh, politically correct <laughs> sentences in there but yeah. Alright, so like now we're left with Shashi Kapoor. Let's just give him the love as well and then move on to Amitabh Bachchan. Um, I, m- me and Flo have been like fangirling Shashi Kapoor this whole season. So we'll, we'll let <laughs> you... Sometimes we forget that it's about Amitabh Bachchan. <laughs> we're like, oh, <laughs> let's talk about Amitabh Bachchan now. <laughs> I've always found him... <laughs> Of his, uh, of all his brothers, I've always found him the best looking. Um, he is, and he's always had that sort of, I, I want to say, almost like a mischievous charm about him as well. You know, that sort of, you know, he would like wink at you as he walks mm-hmm. past or something like that. Um, there's something very charming about Shashi Kapoor. And he's so, 
he's very I always found him a really good actor as well um somewhat somewhat a bit a bit underrated because somehow in these multi-stars um especially when he was acting with Amitabh Bachchan he always got just a little bit sidelined because Amitabh Bachchan is Amitabh Bachchan um but i mean th- that's my opinion anyway but i've always oh god he's just he was so handsome he really was so handsome the best looking kapoor honestly yeah i feel like whenever shashi kapoor comes on screen right like especially the first scene whenever he comes in a movie the whole tone of the movie changes it could be just me <laughs> but it just changes and becomes light and fun and you know he just brings that to the screen so i think like whatever movies at least we have covered where shashi kapoor and amitabh bachchan are both there uh shashi kapoor is always you know uh playing a, a rich person or somebody with like privilege uh but without the arrogance of privilege but with privilege so i feel like and amitabh bachchan most 9 out of 10 times is playing somebody who is like poor or uh, has a story of from uh, you know rags to riches or something like that So Shashi Kapoor automatically brings class to that scenario. He's like, "Okay, I'm going to bl- bring some sophistication and gravitas over here." And Amitabh Bachchan can either be like a village bumpkin or like angry young man, whichever one. And my theory about, you know, the the limelight always staying on Amitabh Bachchan is his repeat success. Because it's not the people who he was acting with, whether it was Vinod Khanna, whether it was Shatrughan Sinha, whether it was whoever. It's not like they were not good. It's just that he was good every single movie. So you know he kept riding on that success, and we've been like Sam going through like his whole like this is I think our fourteenth movie that we are covering, and he hasn't missed a beat in a single movie. Yeah, even the most uh, boring, horrible movies that we've been forced to watch, even in that, you know, Amitabh Bachchan just brings this sort of uh, magic to it that you're like you just forget about the horrible writing and the horrible characters and everything around it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he has that yeah so i feel like shashi kapoor i you know his that like sam rightfully said he has this quality which is like mischievous but he's also like effervescent and you want to be around him and he knows i felt like he was the only man in that decade who knew how to flirt without being creepy none of his uh, flirting scenes ever came across like oh my god he's like a going bit too far the girl's not interested back off somehow even those scenes he made like he made them like his own you kind of didn't feel like he's you know how sharuk does like with his charm a little bit like you know that yeah i actually you know uh, one time i was discussing sharuk khan with a friend and i was like sharuk khan has so much impish charm he'd be the sort of person who would wink at you while he was touching your dadi's feet and that is exactly what shashi kapoor is like as well oh yeah <laughs> exactly like equally yeah equally loved by you know every generation in your family <laughs> basically yeah. <laughs> yeah all right so now now we are talking about amitabh bachchan if we want to no pressure <laughs> <laughs> so i mean to me okay so amitabh bachchan is well he's amitabh bachchan but um at the same time i just You know, considering he gained his initial success in the seventies, if you watch the uh, the seventies movies, you can just see why. I mean, that man is 
literally like he's fire especially in a lot of his earlier movies like um you know diwar and lavaris i i don't know if you guys have um yes, you know we've covered, covered that. you've yeah. covered those movies yeah but just the intensity that he brought and of course uh without getting too political at that time the sort of anger that he portrayed in screen on the screen was uh, pretty much uh, in line with i think the anger that the public were feeling what with the emergency and the, the uh, with the, a lot of the political turmoil that was going on at that time a lot of his films then were anti-establishment as well um it's refreshing to see him in a comedic role where he's not angry with the government you know angry with the police angry with the you know he was he, and the thing is then it's then that you start to realize how multidimensional an actor he is because he's so he's good at comedy he's good at intensity he's good at drama is there anything this man is not good at so let me let me ask you this like were you always his fan like do you have any initial memory like when did you realize that we exist in the world of amitabh bachchan <laughs> but so you know the thing is when you're a kid you just watch hindi movies like you just watch them and watch them and watch them and then um so i used to watch amitabh bachchan movies and i'll be like okay this this man is good and um i i used to watch shahrukh khan movies i'll be like this man is good it's only when you're an adult and you start evaluating for me anyway when you start evaluating movies a lot more then you're like whoa this guy is actually amazing <laughs> like for me i would guess um because i've also been without obviously intentionally like trying to coincide with you guys i have been rewatching a lot of his 70s and 80s movies recently um so i would have done this movie at any point anyway at some point anyway um but thankfully i did it with you guys um but it's so it's it's at this point that i'm like man this guy just has it he just he was just born with it he just has that innate like it factor you've said pretty much everything you know that i think both of us have spoken about <laughs> yeah. um i think for all three of us amitabh bachchan was not our shahrukh khan right so amitabh bachchan was from a previous generation mm. so for us when we actually started watching his movies like really watching his movies you know we were able to like look at his entire career span so you know for me amitabh bachchan was always like late 90s amitabh bachchan that i could not stand ah uh. yeah he had a bad face uh but then you know when you actually sit and look back and watch all these movies then you realize who he is and what he has done to indian cinema Yeah. Hindsight. So it kind of gives us a bigger picture, I think. A bigger perspective, yeah. Yeah, so I've been like thinking always like, you know, uh, throughout the season like do I like the angry uh Amitabh Bachchan or do I like yeah, or do I like this bumpkin uh from the village? And it's so hard because when he's selling me like the babu from Satya Pe Sata or the Dawn from Dawn, I'm or the you know or Vijay from uh, whichever movie you take off his when he's playing whichever is Vijay. I'm like yes, I'm angry for you and I'm angry with you and you you know you need to make this uh, person pay for everything they did. And then I see these movies, right? And again, when he's playing the bumpkin from the village in Dawn, and right now, or the simpler person in Satya Pe Sat, I'm like, I can't. Like, he he seems so much fun. Like, I would want to date this guy because yeah. he's like, he's, <laughs> he's funny. He doesn't take himself seriously, and then he has these amazing qualities like loyalty and generosity, and mm, <laughs> which makes him even more hot. Yeah. <laughs> I think I mean do you guys think part of his star appeal uh, uh I guess was his mastery over Hindi um he's always been 
But I guess that was also his generation of actors. They were all just better at speaking Hindi than the current generation. Don't you think so? Like the dialogue delivery was so much better. Um, they could all, and especially Amitabh Bachchan, he's very good at voice modulation. Like the way he changes the pitch and tone of his voice for different accents as well. In Namakalal, he played the country bumpkin and he had this this way of speaking. I mean, non-Hindi speakers who watch the Hindi movies with subtitles wouldn't pick up on this because they're just reading the subtitles. But he had this accent of speaking Hindi, which sounded like village Hindi. And he did it so well. I mean, I think, you, you know, naturally it goes, little bit of credit would go to his upbringing. He was born to the parents and his parents and he's born and brought up in Allahabad. So, you know, he has the natural diction to pick up from there. Like people who are born there, even once you get out of there, you can like, you know, how you always go back to speaking the language when you go back home. But once you leave, you're like, you start talking like whichever city you are in. So, yeah, having said that, I think you're right. The That generation of actors and actresses, uh, they worked more on their acting and diction than their abs and workouts, you know? <laughs> like they all, all the actresses had to go learn Bharatnatyam, whether they liked it or not, right? They had to learn Bharatnatyam or Kathak. And the men had to learn horse riding, had to learn diction, had to learn all of this. Like they, they kind of, hone their skills so to say that no matter where they land up they'll be able to pick up that character and we've heard so many stories about Dilip Kumar trying to you know uh, figure out his intensity and naturally now it's become caricature-ish that he's going to say this dialogue always but having seen his movies he does comedy he does drama he does uh, romance and that's a different Dilip Kumar all the time and so is a different Amitabh Bachchan all the time so uh, and the caricature is like to uh, uh, kind of an ode to their popularity that now they became so popular that their popular scenes have just become uh, larger than life. Yeah. I, and Amitabh Bachchan, his, his legacy is something that's so huge. It's, it's, it's absolutely irreplaceable. Um, I was in Mumbai recently and um, as you go through the, I think it's as you're approaching the Andhra world, uh, the ceiling bridge, um, there's a big apartment building and on the side of the apartment building, and this is like a 30 story building, they've got a picture of his face like throughout the entire side of the building. And it's amazing because that's that's his legacy. He is really that huge a star that has had that huge an impact on India and pan-India, not just like North India, the whole of India. Yeah, I completely agree. that There are some people like Rajnikanth and Amitabh Bachchan who have gone from one part of India to beyond their region. And yeah, definitely. Let's talk about music. We haven't covered music except for like when we spoke about Praveen Barbie because I think the movie was a huge highlight and this is like one of those uh, uh, stellar Bapileri soundtracks which like there are all kind of music directors and we've had some amazing ones but there's only one and only Bapileri. (laughs) (laughs) But he did bring such a new sound to Hindi cinema, right? Like for the 80s. Yeah. Disco, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like these numbers like Ratbaki, I think you can still, it's it doesn't date at all. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't sound dated. Mm. You know, it has this evergreen uh, sense to it. Vapi Lahiri is 
Bapida for a reason. Yeah, I think, and this was one of his, like, he had been working in the industry for 10 years before this, but, and I think before this same year, Disco Dancer had come, which, which is what gave him the big success, like, that everybody knew Bapi Lehri, and then... It was just after Disco Dancer, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. But same year. And then he followed it up with Himmatwala and Sharabi and, you know, so on and so forth. Like, then, then there was no stopping him. But uh, having said that, like, that's what I meant. Like, he had already been making music for 10 years since 1973. Sometimes it takes you so long to, like, get that one big. And back then, you couldn't just have, like, now, you know, even if you have just one good song, a director's uh, name is kind of popular because of YouTube and uh, Instagram and all that. Back in the day, I still remember, I think it was even when I was like in my 90s, uh, grown up during 90s. I, I was in my 90s as if I'm like a thousand years old. <laughs> Our movie's album was good only if all the songs were good. It was not a good album just if one song was good. The standards were much higher than for good music. And also, I think uh, we didn't have as many movies or as many other options in terms of songs. So this was the only... Uh, thing right for entertainment I think these right yeah in, in a year you'll have these certain number of movies and they'll have songs otherwise now you have like YouTube and you know independent artists and songwriters who have their own songs but yeah so did did you guys have a favorite song is there like out of this all the songs in this movie I, I actually really like them all because they're like uh, Flo said they're also solid and they're, they're, they're popular I mean you you know having grown up with Hindi movies you just know these songs you know so it's kind of like oh yes this song like I remember it and and um, and so many of them are so I mean Jawani Janeman has recently just had a movie with that same name released with Saif Ali Khan <laughs> and I think uh, Rath Baki was remixed in the 2000s wasn't it? Yeah, by a DJ, like DJ, a DJ Akil or one of those DJs in the early 2000s. I think Rathbaki was remixed. So that was, that's already been remixed. But um, the original... I think I really like Rathbaki maybe because of the uh, the way it was filmed as well. And also I like the rain song as well. <laughs> Uh, because I feel like, you know, rain songs have a certain, um, you know, sensuality about it in terms of music mm. as well. But this one was very folksy. It was very earthy, the song itself. But the video of that, you know, so to speak, was kind of hot. You know, it was like a rain song. You know what I mean? So I thought yeah, it, was yeah. like perf- it was like a good match between... And also it was for Smita Patil, right? Who's very sexy, sensuous in a very earthy way. So I thought it was like a perfect, ma- you know, mix of everything together. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, fun fact, I was uh, googling Namak Halal and apparently Raj Babbar was originally cast in Shashi Kapoor's role. Oh my role. gosh, Tanvi, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> I know, I can't stand Raj Babbar's face. <laughs> <laughs> 
and the fact that he was involved with Smitha Patil as well, but they were they had separate romantic in, they would have had separate romantic interests in the film. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, neither did I. I just I just found out yesterday. I was like, okay, wow. <laughs> I actually just wanted to mention something about Rat Baki. It was actually remixed in the, uh, just like last year, or was it last last year for the movie Ittefaq, which came out with Sonakshi and that's Siddharth right. Mandir. Yes, yeah. it was. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is a horrible remix with like so much. I don't know electric sound in the background. I don't even know the right terminology. What is the difference between electric music and techno? <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> They think just by adding these fancy beats, they can actually just make it sound fresh again. But it does nothing. I I don't know why I'm like trying to pick my favorite song, and while I loved all of them, somehow in my heart I'm like getting drawn towards Jawani Janiman. I don't know why. There's something about that beam. Yeah, there's a, but the picturization as well. Parveen Babi in that gold outfit. <laughs> uh, it's definitely not the hair and outfit. It's definitely not. <laughs> but it's memorable because of the bad outfit, I guess. <laughs> I would like to give the credit to Bappi Lehri. I think it's his. It's his uh, tune and the rhythm that I can't get enough of. I'm like, yeah. I mean, this was before he became known for plagiarizing as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't recall any song that because he had plagiarized. There have been so many 80s and 90s um, music directors who've been accused of plagiarism. You know, so I don't know. Yeah, he might have been one of those. Mm. Which song has he plagiarized? Like, I'm sure he has, but do you remember <laughs> one? <laughs> Yeah, but even Jawani Janiman, if you read the Wikipedia article, and again, this is Wikipedia, so we don't know how true this is. Um, so there's a section on the music and it says Jawani Janiman, like the beginning of Jawani Janiman, it sounds very similar to some English song by Sammy Davis Jr., you know, from the Rat Pack, like the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see, Giovanni Janeman went on to become a major hit. The intro to the song is similar to Sammy Davis Jr.'s Candyman melody. <laughs> you know, I and this will this will probably be completely politically incorrect and be like, you know, sometimes I just give like kind of benefit of doubt to people that I think they didn't know they are plagiarizing. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, if they just take one tune, I think they think that they are just like getting a hook for their song and then they're going to make their own song unless and until okay this is how I'm like kind of making sense of it and giving credit to people because I know Bappi Lahiri is capable of making original music right because he has made really really good music so it's not that he doesn't know how to make it and then he else you would just steal left right and center and just steal everything Mm. yeah Uh, so I feel like people back then thought that if they're just picking up a bit like a few notes from here and there and then like kind of making their own tune after that it's not plagiarism it's only plagiarism if they just like take the whole song and then copy paste it well i think at that time they used to call it inspiration yes (laughs) inspired by blah 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 and also 
But the thing is also at that time, um, social media wasn't a thing. It wasn't easy for people in India to know that some parts of songs were similar to other English songs or other language songs, etc. Because where was that exposure? You know, the internet didn't exist. Social media didn't exist. And also copyright laws then weren't very, you know, they were very fast and lucid back in those days. But I think... I think you're right, though. At that point in time, I think they used to just listen to parts of songs and think that might come in handy for one of their own songs. But also, I feel uh, creative people in general, they do tend to get inspired by other creative works as well. It is purely, I mean, it's it can totally happen, right? And, you know, now the woke people, and to me, that is like even worse because people are now just openly like, you know, when people like kind of uh, get inspired by someone's picture and then they take the same picture or, or they kind of get inspired by someone's outfit, which is clearly something unique. And they're like inspired by Halle Berry's look or inspired by this photographer's shot from this palace. I was like, that's not inspiration. You basically just went into the same angle shot. And now you're like, hey, look, the guy spend hours understanding the whatever photography angle and light and aperture and whatnot and And you just used your iphone and took a picture (laughs) yeah well at least they're giving the credit though that's where it gets a bit you know when they don't give the credit and they're like oh original concept to me and you're like no it's not (laughs) greater evil right like which one is the greater evil like yeah is copying worse uh, copying with credit or just copying like Hmm. why do either (laughs) like yeah I never get flattered like I don't think like at least in my personal language of flattery somebody copying me is not flattering at all I'm like oh you are just stupid go think for yourself (laughs) but if they credited you how would you feel about it yeah it'll depend on what it is it's like um if it's a recipe and if i put the recipe out there clearly i let people know what i put in and then if they switched it around and then credited me that's fine because i clearly wanted to share the recipe of what i cooked and blah 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 but if here i am and if i drew like a painting and i shared the process of my painting and how i got there and then they did the same thing i'm like that's not (laughs) <laughs> that's not yeah me, right okay. yeah i think it yeah varies right like i'm okay with you cooking the same food but i'm not okay with you painting the same painting <laughs> yeah that's yeah okay that's fair yeah yeah all right let's get back to the movie our our conversation is like gone full on every day is there anything that i missed you want to talk about i almost end up quoting amitabh bachchan's blog for some reason because you know whenever i look up for some information on any of the movies that we are doing his blog always comes up and i'm like oh he had actually mentioned these movies you know back then so even for this movie um on his blog he had written about smita patel and he had said that you know during the entire shooting of the movie she felt like she just could not understand what she was doing in the movie because you know she was known for <laughs> alternate cinema so she was yeah. very uh, so she used to keep asking she would be like you know i mean should i do this should i not do that kind of thing but then you know she wasn't sure but she did it with full conviction i think she really didn't want to do any mainstream movies but she also understood that she had to do that for the visibility factor you know mm. so yeah so apparently you know he had written that and obviously he had written about how great a loss it was for you know for the industry to lose her as well yeah so i was like oh that is interesting but she had done such a great job you know you couldn't tell that she was not comfortable or you know any such thing so i guess that's what makes made her a good actor yeah Yeah. i wish she had more to do but whatever screen time she did have she was wonderful so are you gonna recommend this movie to people who haven't watched it sam 
Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, it has everything. It's got, you know, a little bit of family drama. <laughs> it's got um, it's got comedy and lots of it. It's got the whole it's it's got everything that made masala movies in the 70s and 80s. So so enjoyable to watch, like, you know, bit, uh, uh, you know, like uh, parents that lost their children. It, you know, they reunited like 20 years. It's got, you know, it's got um, a whole lot of complex like. Like there's obviously a villain and there's a villain's lair and there's um, good music and there are some fight scenes and there's, it's just a whole mix of everything that made Masala movies so enjoyable back then. I for one loved the dialogue. So just like you can, how can somebody not relate this movie with like, I can walk English, I can talk English. <laughs> English is a very punny language. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Uh, and then this scene always gets me when I watch the movie, you know, the first scene when he's all grown up and he's sleeping and he's dreaming, you know, about his grandpa. Dandu. Dandu too. Dandu. Oh my God, I always <laughs> laugh. I know. And that's, again, like the credit goes to Kader Khan because mm. all his dialogues throughout his life, some of them have been really super like borderline, uh, sexually uh, incorrect and uh, I don't know not feminist but when he gets it right he gets it so right like and the humor yeah and the humor does not uh like does not matter with the decade it lives on it's funny today it was funny in like 1982 yeah 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 in fact uh that that i can speak english i can sorry i can talk english i can walk english that that scene reminded me of that scene from Amar Akbar Anthony where um, Amitabh Bachchan, you know, he's like that song where he comes out of the, the huge egg. My name is Anthony Gonzalez. Uh, <laughs> you know, the scene afterwards, because he's so drunk and he's just been beaten up by Parveen Babi's bodyguard and he tries to put the bandaid on the mirror. <laughs> Do you remember yes, that? Yes. <laughs> and he's telling his reflection, don't move, don't move, I'm going to put the band-aid on you. It reminded me of that somewhat, you know, just the level of, uh, and that just, it's a testament to how consistent Amitabh Bachchan was as well, because Amar Akbar Anthony was what, 1977, and this is 1982, and he hasn't missed a beat since in that time gap as well, so. Again, going back to that, the same thing, what I was saying, like, it's not just his angry young man image, it's also his great comedic timing in all his movies. Can I just say, I think this is a great movie to also recommend from the perspective of if you go through the various stages in Amitabh Bachchan's career, this was a new stage that he had just started where he was coming out of the angry young man um, phase as well. Because in the late 70s and early 80s, he started doing less like films where he was angry. Like he did Silsila, he did um, Kabi Kabi and all those more romantic type films. And then he was trying to play it up as well by doing films like uh, Amar Akbar Anthony, uh, as well as Namak Halal and stuff like that. So I think it's if someone were to study Amitabh Bachchan's career, this is a great film for to study that phase as well. I agree. Absolutely. Well, Thank you so much for joining us, Sam. It has been so much fun. My pleasure. And your laughter is so infectious. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed myself. Uh, hopefully, I can come back again. We can watch some yeah. other movies. <laughs> Absolutely. We 
we actually have been talking that we want to expand other than just doing the movies that we've been doing like because otherwise we are getting into a rut of doing the same thing so you know it has been so much fun just talking movies with you so maybe we can just have like a episode of talking about different aspects of movies and people oh yeah oh i'd be so game for that like you know my twitter account is mainly talking a lot of shit about stuff like that <laughs> it was great coming on your show i loved it thank you so much guys it was fun. thank you yeah and i think all of us are recommending namak halal if you haven't seen and as always thank you for listening we'll be back again next week with another amitabh bachchan movie in the meantime you can catch us on twitter at moviewala pod and on instagram at moviewala podcast and sam where can they find you so you can find me on twitter at uh, lipstick patrol i also do run another account where i help non desis with um learning how to pronounce hindi film names as well as um hindi actor names as well so that's at filmy help f i l m y h e l p oh that's so cool we will if anybody is looking for those accounts you can check us we are always retweeting we'll tag her and that account when we share the episode and thank you for listening bye bye bye